to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. With your host, Conan Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rotten about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. The thing is, though... If you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with sharp and nails. Confidence of a hero or a fool, I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. That's like a science thing, right? Indeed, indeed, indeed. It is a science thing. It is a science place. It is a scientific fact that we are all up in your face. It is time for the one, the only, Protonic Reversal. Welcome to it. Welcome to it. Welcome to it. Here we are. Here we are, very, very wintry in the bunker <laughs> currently. Uh, Joe McClune of Roland uh, It's tonight's guest. This uh, special Quarantimes edition, they're all very special, though, aren't they really? All very special. Uh, great band, instrumental band. We got a new record. It's quite good. In a strange series of events for people that actually listen and pay attention to the live show, or maybe even listening right now, my old lead-in, actually, uh, Joe McClune, he, he used to do the uh, the show before this. That's a thing. That is a thing. And it's a, no- it's a notable thing. It's a cool thing. Uh, now you know. But uh, before I knew any of that, I knew Roland. And Roland is a good band. And they have a new record. Did I mention that? <laughs> did I mention they have a new record? I think I did, right? <laughs> uh, anyways. Anyways. Anywho. Let's talk to the man right now. Mr. Mr. Joe McClune. Welcome, sir. Hi. Good to have you, buddy. It's been a while. I, I was just, so I was just saying that this is a first because you used to be my intro, man. For the, That's for the true. Live show. <laughs> That's true. Um, I actually, you know, when I was traveling was when I had the most the most flexibility to record a, a show whenever I wanted to. And then all our shit got packed up when we moved down here. And I most recent, I, I like two months ago, unpacked all the audio equipment. Uh, that's, a, so that's a long time to go without. It was about a year and a half. Yeah. But um, luckily the guitars were not included in that. Well, and it, you're, you're, uh, you're a fellow that knows his way around a guitar. Uh, you know, I dare say that Roland is a guitar, a guitar band. I dare say, and the fact that yeah. you like interesting guitar well, stuff, you will be stoked about Roland. That's I I appreciate that, and I agree that we are very guitar centric. Yes. <laughs> Can you explain why you dropped the O? Well, we dropped the O and A and took out all the 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 uh, vowels. Like because, vowel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It used to be Roland spelled the way it sounds and now it's R L N D. And the reason why is because 
if you go on Spotify right now and you type in Roland, mm-hmm. there's a one approximate fuck ton of stuff. Right. It's and a really common a thing, yeah. And being a small band who are not in Latin America, we are very <laughs> because there's like five different Rolands in Latin America. Um, and it ranges from dance to a country band called the Country Roland Band. There's just a ton of different stuff. Whereas the only thing that comes up if you put in RLND in Google is like some North Dakota regional landscape. <laughs> so, some acronym specific thing that. Uh, yes, exactly. Single service and, org. <laughs> and so I figure if they get mad, I can send them some shirts and they will be pumped. So we changed it. We changed it on. on Bandcamp, we changed it on Spotify, we changed it, changed the email, like everything's just different. But um, it was, I thought it was going to be this big hassle. And it turns out, for all you, uh, all you self published band people, if you get in touch with um, artist relations on Spotify, they will do whatever you want as long as it's within reason and are very, very helpful. So I was like, can you move this record that I own to this other name? And she was like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know. I did that for, not for my own stuff, but for after Lauren K. Newman passed, uh, a couple of her her records were like mixed in with another band from Europe called LKN. And I was like, hey, be kind of cool. Since she can't represent herself here, can we like split this? They were super cool about it. They're very nice people extremely nice they she was even like can can i help you with anything else which is something that you don't frequently hear from people who are doing a free service (laughs) (laughs) totally so uh you basically adopted you changed the name of the band uh not if not phonetically like how you would say it aloud but uh, as a thing you type into onto a keyboard let's just say virtual or or otherwise to help the internet like to to make it more internet friendly in a way. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, having grown up as a person who spent approximately 95% of my time on the internet, um, I, I think it's only appropriate. And also, I mean, we've been talking about it for a while, and we realized that, like, it was it was just very hard to Google our band to the, to the extent, like, everything was Roland Band SF. <laughs> it couldn't even be Roland Band. Right, right, Roland. right, right. It's like, when you limit yourself to to what you are and then also the you know the locale that's it seems like it's a, a bridge too far well and especially because it's like okay there's already like a company called that that is you know well known amongst music as well there's people yeah, who have that, that name they give me free stuff <laughs> but from perspective of trying to trying to get it all situated trying to yeah make your way in in, in this world making music and and ideally having people associate that name with some of the music that you're making a difficult process it could be confusing for some people and i mean it has it has even been confusing for some people in the past and luckily uh we are not popular enough to confuse very many people (laughs) you can you can just he's concentrating the music for confusing the people right (laughs) exactly yeah uh so the new record speaking of which uh came out Super tail end of last year, uh, December, if I remember correctly. I mean, last week seems like, like last year. Week of December. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was <laughs> last week since seems like last year, and it also feels like we just put out the record yesterday because we can't like tour or anything. Well, yeah. So uh, that's a that you immediately hit, and and it's called Zealand. First of all, yeah. 
and you can get the the record and vinyl for it. Uh, mostly, I guess probably the best place to go is on the Bandcamp, the rlnd.bandcamp.com. Yeah, okay, just to get that out of the way, I'll say it again later on. But yeah, making a record during it's quarantine. Very times. pretty. It, it is it, the the color it, scheme is gorgeous. It's beautiful. And it is it is splattery vinyl too, which is always always a key selling point. Looking forward to picking up a copy. I'm probably gonna do that on Bandcamp Friday. <laughs> it's not a bad time to do it. Uh, but the releasing a record in a time where basically it's impossible to do even do a release show for it, let alone do like a tour or anything for it. Uh, yeah. Can you speak a little bit about that? Because it's not like you guys are putting out stuff every week. I mean, let's see the the between Enter the Enter the Ronald and uh, Zealand, it's uh, five years. Does that sound right? Yeah, it was five years. I mean, there's a lot of mitigating factors as to why you know, why all those things happened, which I can go into if you want to. But, um, I mean, the other thing is that we do have the, you know, the, the people who are in the band now, I mean, part of, part of this is that, you know, half the band quit. So, um, so, you know, having a ton of material still, like I suspect will actually be a lot faster than that for the next one. Um, and you know, the, the people involved are, a lot more motivated because you know when you get new people in the band they want to make their mark on the band and so they're especially motivated currently and um it's actually kind of a a nice kick in the pants to have some people who are just ultra pumped um not not that other people not that the previous guys weren't ultra pumped but it's just like when people are making like a very distinct effort to be like let's make stuff it's a it's a huge motivator um especially because this band's been around like seven, eight years, you know, it's, it's been a long time and we've only put out a couple of records and there's, we've got, I mean, I've got just a, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you do as well, but I've got just like this fucking voice notes list of 250 <laughs> riffs Dude. that, you know, right. Right. You, you, you got a, you got a major backlog and you're, you're not going to be able to necessarily get them all out in a band arrangement time you know sometime between now and well, next what century. I'm saying is there's a there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of uh a lot of there's a lot of material to 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 go through so it's not like we're at any shortage of inspiration or anything like that but in terms of what you're talking about before with regard to uh quarantine times record release oh man it sucks it sucks and part i mean one thing that's awesome is we um i'm sure you've heard of tsunami bomb mm-hmm. in berkeley yeah uh so Tsunami Bomb, uh, one of the guys from Tsunami Bomb, his name is Andy Pohl. He started a record label called Sell the Heart. And um, turns out some people who we had toured with previously, a band called uh, Tolpa Luna, who is, also, who is made up of members of a band called Kata, mm-hmm. and which is one of the members of a band from you know early in the 21st century called Goodbye Blue Monday. Um, oh, yeah. I remember those guys. Yeah. Right, so their their uh, sec- their rhythm guitarist is a guy named Demetrius Antunia, and he's in both those other previous bands. So he goes, "Hey, when's that new record coming out?" And I was like, "Well, I don't know. We're looking for someone to put it out." He said, "Talk to Andy. Talk to Andy." And Andy's been incredibly helpful. Um, I know that he would like us to be a lot more active on social media, um, right. <laughs> but that that I've been uh, a little bit uh, dealing with baby aggro for the last six weeks so um you know this this is all just personal stuff that gets in the way of doing what 
we'd all rather be doing all the time, which is spending time with our family and making art. But sometimes work gets in the way. It does. It's very pesky that way. You have to make choices between the other things. But um, I suspect um, we've put up two videos um, for the first two singles. Um, The first one was pretty standard video of uh, quarantine time. Um, You know, just a bunch of uh, all, all four of us did did shoots in our house they all sent them socially to me. distant I mean, video production kind of situation yeah, which yeah you're seeing a lot of right now and but uh the second one was a guy named tsunami who's uh kenji from uh our drummer's other band ontogeny and he was like hey i want to make a video and i was like all right cool and he said send me footage of you guys playing so we did that and it turns out he sent this like absolute lsd fever dream of a video yeah it's pretty wild uh, it's insane. <laughs> it's insane. And we and the thing is I like we gave him no thematic content. We were just like, make a thing. And he goes, yeah. Well, okay. And and he came back with this like amazing, like cartoonish, weird meme video. Well, and it's something where a lot of times when you have an instrumental band I think you, it can kind of lend itself to maybe crazier ideas or like interpretations of the music that wouldn't be lyrically driven or like constrained in some other way with a you know, someone that's absolutely some true. That's absolutely true. And on that note, I mean, I think that's probably the the second record is I think probably the last instrumental record we make. Interesting. Okay, so can you speak a little bit to that? Because as far as I know. Uh, as far as I have known Roland, which which has been uh, for a very long time, it's always been an instrumental band, but that hasn't necessarily right. been like the reason Detra either. <laughs> it's just sort of been no. like that's this is the delivery system for what we're doing right now. That's I'd say that's pretty true, and also, um, you know, a couple of us in the band wanted to put vocals on this last one, but the rules in the band were, and always have been, if one person doesn't like it, we don't do it, mm. and including riffs including you know a show anything like it's it's incredibly i mean is that democratic that doesn't it's like it's like an absolutist democracy kind of situation yeah kind of so um in any case we i i brought up the idea of, of vocals and one of the other guys was pretty into it and the two other guys were a little bit more iffy and when it came to time to record um like they they definitely they signed off on the idea of doing some sparse vocals like you know something like high on fire or elder where it's you know basically a verse here and then and a chorus there but it's not really it's basically just window dressing for the guitar rock yeah Um, you're not doing like a bob dylan hurricane over it you know (laughs) or for that matter like shiner or something you know Yeah, yeah where where alan's singing the entire song um uh at least on the more recent record for sure um but then you know, when it came time to make the record, we didn't have a we we made the record with Zach Oren at um at Shark Bite, which was just an absolute blast. But it's a great studio. The truth, well, a good studio and a fantastic, fantastic engineer. That dude is just like everything we asked him. He was like, "Yeah, I can do that." And you know how normal? Okay, so normally, how would it go if you were like, "We want to try this experiment in a, yeah. in a studio"? How long does that take for them to set something up? Just typically. It, it, it's it's not going to be like five minutes. You're going to be looking at. <laughs> so Zach did everything in five minutes. Nice. He's just like, go do go do this. Yeah. Go do, go do the thing you want to do. And then he just fix it later. And we were like, fuck, okay. And it, 
it sounds just like it's it's really fantastic sounding we were really really happy with it i i you know i'd love to record with them again and he was extremely efficient like to the extent where you know the mixes were done most most times after after the recording session you know within an hour or two and say what you will he just kind of some people like to be more thoughtful about those things but he just knew exactly what we wanted went for it and he, and he ended up being right and that was fantastic um because there's so some anyway, cool kind of ear candy production stuff that's happening in this one that was kind of yeah. like, oh that's interesting that's cool that they're doing that i didn't I'm I'm glad you I'm glad you feel that way. There were a couple things where we actually had time, so we had enough time to do those things, but we didn't have enough time, given the fact that you know I I wasn't living there anymore. Yeah. Um, to do vocals, and honestly, we hadn't really written all the vocals. I you know I had a couple things written, and if we wanted to right now, you know I could make a version. I could send vocal tracks to Zach and have him mix them in, but I don't think that I don't think I will do that because that's that's the kind of thing like periphery does, but that's not, I don't think that's the kind of band that I, I would, I would like to be in, you know, letting, letting it stand on its own as it exists, I think is a, is a worthwhile uh, endeavor. Rather than like going back and George Lucas in it. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, was a, it was a moment in time and that moment has passed, but um, you know, on the other hand, all four guys in the band now are both comfortable with singing and can sing. Which is a so, nice place to be. That is a very. It would nice be kind be. of. In, we were joking about doing heavy metal Beach Boys, but we'll see. I get we'll it. Yeah. So, and actually, that's one thing I thought of when I first saw the the rebrand, right? Like the the I'd like to buy a vowel situation. I was like, oh wow, I wonder if they have like you know, is it radically changed? Is it are there vocals or something on it now? It was like the first thing right. I thought of. And there wasn't, but <laughs> it was an entirely practical decision, <laughs> which, which when described it completely makes sense. And especially because it's not like anybody has the tattoo probably. Right. I mean, Oh, I, I mean, you haven't seen my ass, but um, <laughs> no, I mean, when, when you, uh, when you name a band after one of the ex members as kind of a, a joke, you run into some problems with band names that's you know so you mentioned speaking of ex-members so you mentioned the lineup shift uh it's not something that seemed like there was like there wasn't some big like you know press announcement or anything along those lines about it just kind of seemed like it was a thing that just it happened but from the from the inside like what you know new, new as you mentioned new members bring new ideas new interpretations like do you just take the old material and say like well that was a moment in time and we're just moving forward now uh do you revisit some no. of that no not at all in fact um you know the uh the casey and and lars the other guitarist and the bassist um the day excuse me um the day we finished recording we were having a beer to kind of wrap it up uh, down at Beer Revolution, and nice Beer Revolution, man, <laughs> no joke. Um, really nice patio, so sunny. Um, they were just both kind of like, you know, it's run its course for me. I'm I'm not really into it, and you know, they were both like, Lars was having to spend a lot of family time on the East Coast, and uh, Casey was moving down to Long Beach, and so they were kind of like, I'm out. Um, meanwhile, I, I had already moved to Portland, so uh, Keith and I were kind of like, ah, I guess that's it. We'll figure out what to do with it. Um, 
and that was a year before it was released. So that happened, and like a month later, Keith goes, hey, come down for practice. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I was like, okay. And he was like, I got, I got, and so he, he got, he played the record as, you know, in its finished form to a couple friends who I also know, this guy, Sam, who was in Keith's previous band, and Alex, who, um, he actually toured with us when Lars couldn't. He picked up. Oh, you know, sure. The, I think I saw. I saw one of those. I saw one of those shows. I don't remember where it was. At Hemlock. Yeah, I Hemlock. Think. Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, that was the night the Warriors lost the championship. I know you don't care, but um, <laughs> it's still notable. It's still notable. Great show. Fun. Very fun show. But in any case, uh, we. So I he he played it for them, and they were like, "Can we? You said the band's broken up. Can we just learn the record?" Oh, and man. we were like. And I was like, wait, what? So I was expecting to go down there and teach them the songs. Yeah. And I walked into, what's the what's the West Oakland um, hourly studio? Uh, Soundwave. Soundwave. So I walk into Soundwave. They're set up, and they, we play the set. <laughs> so so they, learned the, they learned the whole record. So Keith went through the record with them a few times. I mean, I kind of knew that was happening, and I thought he'd be like showing them like changes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like get get like but the broad strokes. Through the whole fucking but, record. Well, back I, to front. And for any listeners to the show that haven't heard Roland play before, this isn't like a four four Ramones band. I mean, this is like there's <laughs> there's there's a lot to these songs that you kind of want to get your you know your, your pocket protector out and. Uh, uh, charted down the whiteboard maybe at the bare minimum <laughs> well and to to their you know to the the credit of of those guys they just busted their asses to learn them over like six weeks so when i went when i went down to practice it was we had practice wow. there was very little there was very little fiddling around and very like it was all you know there are a few timing issues because of course um but it was in it was mostly like dynamics and like effects tuning because you know new pedal boards and stuff like that yeah yeah that was it and and so it was kind of crazy you know in come february which was six months after the record was done Mm -hmm. um and was a year ago coming up here um you know i went down mid-february came back i was actually ready to go down march 17th again (laughs) for our fourth or fourth or fifth practice and then you know the world exploded. Yeah, man. That was, it was just it was wild because you know they they learned everything. I mean, we're we were ready to tour in July, August. Yeah, that's that. Well, and that's got to be crazy to have that. You know, not to be like, hey, let's we've got this germ of an idea, let's explore it. To be like, oh no, this is this is. You got no, a pre-furnished house. Yeah, you got a, you got an apartment where like you know it's already got the furnishing in it. You just need to throw on the right. movie and kick kick back on the couch, you know. Uh, yeah, so that I mean, and I mean, w- this is not a unique story. This story, this is the story of every single band who was pumped over the last year and a half. Yeah, you know, there's a ton of bands that put out their record in like a year ago October, a year ago September that were waiting for the summer to tour because who the fuck wants to tour in the winter? When the yeah. when the when the pandemic hit, uh, we got through two dates of a of a coast to coast tour before we were like, um, you know what, we need to cancel all of these. Yeah, and it's and it sucks, but it's also like obviously the right thing to do. 
<laughs> but it's kind of interesting to me to think about, you know, in early, you know, spring 2022, it's going to be the fucking most. <laughs> Every raging, band will be in tour. <laughs> raging party of tours. Like, it's just going to be, it's just going to be a hundred it's going to be 500 just like caravan right. tours, tours around the country. People be licking each other's faces. <laughs> oh, and like, you know, wild. yeah. And Jordan, Jordan will finally like agree to share a van with our band or something. Right. The hell will freeze over. Yeah. Dogs and cats living well, together. Well, yeah, sure guys. We've been trying to get that guy to tour with us for like five years. I don't know. I don't know. That's Jordan. We're calling you out, Jordan. <laughs> it's easy. He's a uh, he. He has his way that he likes to do things, and um, it you know obviously know. it works. <laughs> obviously it works, and obviously it's the right way. And I would never discourage him from doing that. Right. I did. We did. We actually, you know, when mm-hmm. when Lars couldn't tour, part of the problem uh, was that was that uh, Keith was going on a different tour with a different band that didn't match up. And so it was either we were going to have to tour without Keith or either we were going to have to tour tour without Lars and all credit to Lars. Fantastic bassist. Bass parts are a lot easier than Keith drumming. Yeah. Yeah. Keith, Keith, cause again, Um, Keith's not doing like Tommy Ramone stuff. Yeah. How do you, if you're going to have somebody sub is easier to sub on bass than it is. It is. It is easier. And also crazy, like super technical. Although I, I did right. ask Jordan if he wanted to try and fill in sure. for Keith, and he was like, "Let me listen through the record," and then he was like, "I need more time than we have." Yeah, yeah, and I totally understand that because Keith is a Keith is a a unique a unique musician in this world. So, so Roland gets his second life. Yeah, with the new lineup, you have a new record. You got everything locked and loaded, ready to go, and then something or other happens outside the world that affects everybody. (laughs) You don't have the experience of being able to, you know, play a bunch of shows with this new lineup and get that, uh, you know, show telepathy that 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 happens, uh, that, that, that that kind of thing. That, and then you also don't have the experience of being strangers in a room either. So you're kind of in this weird middle area where you're, you're, you're everyone's comfortable with each other, but you don't right. have, and, and I've known, I've known both of those guys for, you know, coming on five, five, six years already. So right. we, you know, once we, and to the extent, I mean, Sam was the only guy, the, the new bassist, like that guy, like he does, he's like a jazz virtuoso. So he was just like, he didn't, you know, it's like, there's a chart in his head. <laughs> right like in the in the thought balloon it's like a musical chart (laughs) yeah and i mean alex alex you know he was filling in on bass because he could not because he's a bassist he's you know he's in like a power metal band right so he can clearly so he can clearly do it but it's you know there was none of that like can these guys do the thing in fact we'll do the thing better than anyone thought it would be and then yeah so i mean we're we're just having this kind of we've been sending riffs back and forth for 10 months over text and it's like you know at, at some point at some point things will be safe enough for us to have practice so i'll go back down but it won't be safe enough to play a show right so 
you know, because there's going to be that middle ground. But. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. So I mean, while it's a bummer, it's like at least at least that's one of the things I was talking. I was talking to my mom about this, you know, just about, I think it was in the summer about how it's, everything's just kind of a bummer. And I was like, at least it's a collective bummer. Well, yeah. Cause that's one thing I've noticed with this show is that everybody's in the same bummer boat. <laughs> right? right. Exactly. It's not, no one, no one is unique in this, in this situation. And, and there has to be some comfort to that, I guess. Yeah. On, on some level because it is. It is because it's going to be weird, you know, when 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 that mass of shows happens in like a year and a half, you know, everyone's going to understand. Well, have you what have you put anything out lately? No. <laughs> but I, I swear to God, we have a we have a set. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and that's. And then there's going to be like a glut of releases. I mean, like we were we were going to hold on, like, oh, well, let's just wait and see. Let's like. Let's wait and see till July. I mean, let's, let's wait, like wait, wait to release the record. And then it was like, you know what? Let's just fucking release this goddamn record because at a certain well, point, you're like, well, who knows how long this is gonna be, right? Exactly. First of all, who knows how long this, this is gonna be? And you know, I've got a friend who's like a, he's kind of a, he's a disinformation and and counterterrorism expert. Oh wow. Okay. And so I was talking to him in, I want to say April. And even he was like, yeah, dude, don't make any plans for the summer. It's going to be winter probably. Ugh. And and even he was like, this shit. Well, I'd like to think that wouldn't be that case. But then look at the fact that there's not even an agreed upon set of facts. Like people just are completely incapable of acting well, in adult there. fashion. Yeah, We're definitely getting there. <laughs> But it's like, you know, when people's like the the freedom to like, you know, go to Applebee's and like lick all the plates, you know, is more important than than continued operation, like not be able to connect the dots like that those actions have consequences and those consequences aren't necessarily immediately in front of you. And I think I think it might actually be something where if it was like if there was like cartoon clouds, you know, like in the red dots or something <laughs> right. coming out like maybe people would like react differently but the, 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 there's these entrenched ideas of like how could how did mask wearing become political that's what I don't understand I mean I understand it I just don't like it I mean we can sum this entire situation that we've been in for the last little while with male toxicity and leave it at that yeah, and and it's come up before, and we're not gonna we're not gonna not gonna solve it tonight, I don't think. But you know, hey, no, despite the best of intentions, we're probably not gonna sort that out. <laughs> it's been solved, and he lost his uh he lost his golf game. So, well, now now the real work begins, and we'll we'll yeah. see about the cult deprogramming. <laughs> yeah. Real, real. Uh, back over to back over to Zealand. Why'd you call it Zealand? Mm-hmm. Uh. Keith has a specific notes on his phone. Mm-hmm. And in this notes, there's a very long list of hypothetical song album band titles. It is many hundreds of units long. Um, <laughs> so basically 
all the, I mean, that's where all of our song titles came from on the previous record. That's where they come from on the current record. I mean, he, he's just like, Keith does a lot of what I would refer to just as straight up, like pure music listening. Mm-hmm. Where you're just listening to music and not doing anything else. You're not like sweeping the floor, or making dinner, or like you not know, making whatever. dinner, not yeah. reading, not on the internet. He just like chills and listens to music and thinks about the music. Yeah. And as a result, he is extremely well versed in music, song titles, all these things. And um, so I think one of them was he was like, "What if it wasn't New Zealand and it was just Zealand?" And I was like, "Well, that's the Netherlands." And he was like, "Yeah, but it's awesome." And I was like, "That's true." So, I mean, there you go. Because Zealand is, is I, be- I believe it is the Netherlands. Is it really? Because that's the thing that uh, <laughs> you always think about, like, okay, you know, at one point there was just York. So it's like, okay, it's New York, right? So New Zealand, well, what's the old Zealand, right? And, and uh, that, that, that I was less clear of despite. There is a Brunswick. There is a Brunswick, yes. And it is kind of fascinating, too, because if you think about the current times that we live in, if you talk about, like, models for how to conduct yourselves like an adults uh, in a country like New Zealand, you could do a lot worse. They've done, a, they've done a great job during this pandemic. So it's funny that that's what it was called, I presume, you know, before the pandemic, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's not a bad idea. I, I hadn't thought about it that way, but um, you can use it I if mean, you want. If you in other areas, it had, it had been it had been the name of the record for a long since time. It was actually the first song title off the new record, so it was probably two two and a half years ago. Um, but now that you mention it, I'm <laughs> I'm winking. <laughs> well, why don't we talk about the record? Something I've been doing in like the recent year or so is when there's a new release, kind of just go over it song by song. And, uh, if sure. you have any remembrances of, for recording any, you know, cool ideas, uh, like where song titles came from, uh, you know, does any, any kind of thing that would be related to the song in question that you feel like you might want to share, uh, we can go ahead and, uh, just do that with this song by song. Does that sound good? Sure. So, first one is the absolutely fantastic song title, Keith Sells, But Who's Buying? Um, do we do you, do you we listen to them? Uh, no, no, no. I mean, we'll, I'll, I'll play some of them later. Just We, we talk about them first, and then the <laughs> songs are later. Uh, I can if you want. I can think buying. I can throw it up. Oh. No, no, it's all right. It's all right. Um, if we're going to listen to it later, we'll listen to it later. But um, the this one in particular... Um, it's kind of like this big, it's like kind of like a big riff at the start. I mean, most of our songs are not necessarily, um, here's this, here's this monster riff and then just ride that for a while, which a lot of great bands are, but that's not typically what our, our band does. Our, our band is typically, at least on the first record, I would, I would classify most of the first record as, I don't know if, this is a commonly used term, but for some reason in my circle of people, it is, which is, I would, I would classify the first record as almost entirely riff stacking, hmm. which, that. In, yeah. which in, in math, mathy circles and in especially like proggy slap, I mean, which, which are both, I, I feel like appropriate terms for Roland. Um, 
like a lot of a lot of bands won't necessarily be spazzy, but they'll go from riff to riff without necessarily much of a thought songwriting thought. And it's just like, oh, I have this other cool riff. Okay, next cool riff. And it kind of just is like uh, a little bit jankily put together into like, you know, chunks. Right. And so things will turn on a dime. And instead of being awesome, sometimes it's distracting. Um, so for this record, what we agreed to do was, and, and if you listen to the first record, there's a lot of that. There's um, there's a couple it's songs a riff on machine. the first record. There, there's a bunch of, are it's like a cool riff museum. Pretty yeah. solidly... <laughs> um, you know they're they're written, I would say. Um, but pra, I think there's seven song, seven or eight songs on the first record. Like six of them are. They're just fucking riffs. And we're like, does it go? It kind of goes. Do it. And you know, uh, I think there was one effect pedal on the first whole record. On this one, what we said we were going to do is um, half as fast. Um, tune down to C. And step on a whole shit ton of pedals and it's going to be psychedelic. I feel like we accomplished those things. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's hard for these, the records take so long to make because, you know, Casey was in school. Lars was working on building the fucking theater at Apple. You know, I was in school and also traveling. Keith was in three other bands. Like, yeah, these the records take so long that it's very difficult to have like a very um accurate analytical picture um and not that that's necessarily important but it's true um you might call me a d-bag for even thinking it's important but um but that's okay because i'm kind of a d-bag either way um (laughs) that's your prerogative so in any case uh there's a few songs on the record that are very specifically uh kind of verse chorusy yeah and the verse without, chorus the, without nature, the vocals the verse chorus nature of them i think makes them a little bit more accessible um although you know as per our previous conversation um i think that the thing that will make them the most accessible is having vocals because you know uh you know, tons of time signatures don't necessarily make it easy to follow. Although I know that that's also an attractive point for, well, yeah, it's, it's something where, you know, it's not like you're getting paid by the time signature. It's not like you're getting paid by the riff, but uh, all that stuff does matter. That stuff does matter. And, you know, when it comes down to it, I, I don't think any of the four of us ever had like some, like, you know, in big lights vision, you know, mm-hmm. there's no vision. We were just like, let's do this thing. Let's make it happen. And so no one's, there's no real ego driving a concept or anything like that. So anyway, Keith, Keith Sells uh, is the first of, you know, those, those kind of song oriented songs as opposed to just a collection of riffs. Um, and it, it basically was like, it started out that, that initial riff um, was kind of like, we, we name all the riffs. Um, we name all the riffs that are kind of like the easy ones to remember. That that was the high on fire riff. I don't know if I don't know if you'd agree. But. No, I can see I can definitely see it. And I also wanted to, or I could hear it, I should say. And I also wanted to mention that I think that the the uses of effects does bring out a different element of the music that maybe was less so with yeah the the record before because it was the record before was 
straightforward is the wrong word, but like tonally, like it wasn't wasn't like you're doing lots of modulation or. Uh, you there know. was not a ton of time. There was not much dynamic thought. Yeah. The first and, and I think and this that one. Was, that was very much by design. Well, exactly. And, and the fact that that seemed baked into the concept. So the idea that this one, uh, again, there's some more kind of ear candy, like ear, like good headphone stuff happening in this one. Yeah. And, and that was really fun to do in the studio. And it was actually really fun to do because we had, you know, when no one's pushing you for a new record, you know, fuck it. Let's have a have a good time. And and it was really fun to write. It was very fun to write. Um, and we also, you know, Keith has always been, everyone else brings riffs and Keith kind of arranges them. Mm, okay. Um, Keith, Keith is a fantastic, he's not only a drummer, he's also a really, really great guitarist. Um, and so he would be like, try this thing, you know, try X, try Y, and, and we would. And, and, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it's not work, but the, a majority of the time it was definitely worth trying out. And um, so that, that all kind of just fell together, especially with effects. You'd be like, can one of you make, there's one point on the record where he's like, can you do like a toy piano thing? And I was like, absolutely. I can do that. So, you know, there's a, there's a point there where it's just real plinky and kind of yeah. twinkly um, for a couple minutes in one of the songs. And then, um, and this, I mean, honestly, I, it's really hard to keep track of what parts are in which song because you know they, there's no lyrics um <laughs> what, let's move on to the second song so the second <laughs> so uh, so that's and that's of course that was keith sells who's buying and then uh, next up is kurt loader l-o-a-d-e-r right um this band considers themselves consider considers themselves very punny um <laughs> uh so the start of this one this song was previously called like action news, I think. And the reason being there's like a double guitar kind of very, there's like a phasing, phasing high note tappy thing happening at, at the start of the song. And Keith was like, that sounds like if you're doing action news at six, <laughs> so that song's action news. featuring Joe McClune um, on weather. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And actually I think, I think Kurt Loder is the one that kind of had, there's a Shiner riff in there. Um, there's a riff that I actually referred to as the Shiner riff. But I, oddly enough, I, w we were talking about Bandcamp the other day, how it'd be really nice if they had a great app. It would. And they, and they, they just don't like there, there is an app. It's just, it's kludgy. It's, it's, if it was 2009, it would be acceptable. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Things are too things are things are too good now to make it usable. Um so that's that song and I think that's actually the song that has that there's a there's a toy piano part in it as well as the as the shiner part. Um and then I think the end of that has this huge I think there's a huge like harmony at the mm -hmm. end. I mean whatever, that's like fucking half the song. It's uh, um, and you know Josh was actually the last guest on the show. They can I think of Josh from Shiner. Uh, oh, right on. Think yeah, because I didn't do yeah yeah yeah, yeah that that's correct. Uh, and there is a as much as the the natural first thing to kind of use as the character descriptor for Roland 
it's probably the fucking champs being that it's it's instrumental and that it's sort of like adventurous there's there's riffs and things along those lines or breadwinners something along those lines but i've always felt yeah, that there's a heavy shiner kind of thing going on with uh with a lot of the well the, 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 this record much more so yeah out away from fucking champs yeah you know um we're, we're not approaching the kind of um we're not approaching the kind of shiner uh you know, worship that like something like town portal is or anything like that, but we're pretty, you know, um, there's, there's a lot of different things. It's, it's kind of one of the interesting things about this band is that, um, all of the people involved all come from very different musical backgrounds. Um, you know, Lars was in a bunch of hardcore bands and like straight up classic metal, you know, Mm -hmm. um, did you ever hear his, um, his band hot fog? Yes. Yes, so I did. It's in Hot Fog, and that band is basically Iron Maiden at Bottom of the Hill. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, and Casey was in Sleeping People. Yep. Keith was in, Keith is in a straight up tech death band, as well as a band called Covet, which was just like, you know, instrumental tinkle math, twinkle math. Um, <laughs> Say twinkle and, math? Is that what that? Yeah, you know, um, there's like an entire genre that's basically you know, um, telecasters with, with capos on them and tapping and stuff. Like, oh, stuff like, okay. Stuff like from stuff like from, uh, this town that very, in, uh, very influenced by like this town needs guns mm, mm. And, yeah. and other bands, other bands of that nature. Um, uh, American football also yeah. like bands that came after that and are kind of like in the very like clean tone, super tappy, like minus the bear and such. Yeah. I never heard well, that before. Mike Bear has vocals and like writes songs, and not quite not quite as much like twink, twinkly, you know. They're they they've got some rock songs. Some. <laughs> That's interesting. I've never heard that term before. It's actually a totally new one on me. <laughs> well, I I I don't think it's widely used, but it's just kind of what things occur to me. In any case, uh, these. All these bands um, are very, very different, and so we kind of landed on the first record at the at the foot of, especially the songs that we did with the we init- we originally were three guitars, right, um, and no bass. And when the <laughs> when the guitarist quit, and and we got a bassist, we kind of kept on the same footing, and and that was very, very much like fucking champs oriented. Whereas, I I dare say that this this last record is not as much, but the original record it really was just like constant palm muting, and and a whole lot of like triumphant harmonies and stuff like that. Yeah, it's hard not to get that comparison when there is that that natural use of harmony and, and yeah, the aggressive riffing. And I don't think that's a bad thing at all. I think they're, uh, you know, they're certainly, no, and it was a really fun record to write. It's really fun. It's really fun music to play. But, um, I, I think this record is a lot more solidly, like it's very solidly produced mm-hmm. in, in that there's a lot of, like you mentioned the ear candy and stuff. And I think Keith gave us a lot of influence from his far more like technical and, and I think, you know, spacious, like tech death, kind of shiny shiny roots sure sure um and it's it's been it's been pretty fun because he's 
actually a really good influence in terms of creativity. He's like, try this crazy shit with that pedal, man. And I'm like, I will try crazy shit with a pedal. <laughs> step on step on a thing that goes... Do you have any thoughts when you're arranging for song length? Song length has always been like... Um, like a sticking point with this band because everyone always has another idea. Yeah. And while it's fun, um, sometimes I, I do wish we could get like to the like three to four minute mark on a couple of them. There are a couple interludes. Yeah. On this record. I, I was going to say there's that the one before the really long one at the end. Uh, yeah. I think that one right. is probably about three minutes, right? It's like two and a half, two, two and a half, three minutes. And the really long one at the end is, yeah, I mean, it's, that's, on the vinyl, it's only ten and a half minutes, only, because we had to fade it. Right. But, <laughs> but By the, necessity, yeah. The, 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 the digital version, I think, is, I think it's like twelve and a half minutes long, but, you know, that, that actually is one of the, that is one of the few songs of that length that I've ever felt justified it needed to be that long. Yeah. Yeah, because it's it's slow and it's got like it's got a it's got a it's it's kind of a slow burn and it makes me like that's the first thing that I've ever made that was overwrought to the extent that I thought it actually needed to be. Mm. Gotcha. But but what do you, I mean? You know, um, I've also always been the the main. I've always been like that's a song and and everyone else is like no. <laughs> <laughs> So the, how about a uh, how about a uh, third song, Terry Gross with G R O S S E, not to be confused with the band Terry Gross now, the, as well as the talk show host. That so Lars' bandmate and very good friend Donnie Newenhouse is in Terry Gross. Right, great and, band. You know, yeah, it's, it's him and the Phils. <laughs> yeah, and also both all three of those guys own L studio where we recorded the first record. So it was definitely a nod in their direction as being a very good band. Yeah. Um, so that's at least the name ex- explanation and it's gross G R O S S E because the riff is fat. Um, and also because you cannot put other artists name in your song titles on Spotify or Apple music. Really? Okay. Huh. We learned this on the first record where we have a song named Is This Tyrese Gibson? Yeah. It, it didn't like and it. If there, and if there's another if there's another artist, Tyrese Gibson has made records. Yeah. You cannot you cannot I, I think they don't want you to be like featuring someone. Oh, and then it's not actually on the record. I okay, and I could see something where Yeah. Because some, we can name a song Metallica. Yeah. And that shit would show up. Yeah, exactly. Metallica new single is the name of the song. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody types in Metallica new single. This is a good idea. We're good. That's that's a song title. <laughs> Metallica new single. Although, who's looking for Metallica's new single though? I don't know. Maybe that's maybe I'm being dismissive, but <laughs> like millions of people. Yeah, the answer is almost everyone but you, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Millions and millions of people to, to answer your question. Actually. Yeah. And, and, it's, and if it's halfway decent, they might stick around for the rest of it too. That's, that's the thing that's so screwed up about that is that potentially could work. You know, it's, it's uh, right. That's the world we live uh, in. Yes, it's true. Um, 
So that song started from, we had a song that sat between the two records and we didn't know what to do with it. Hmm. And the end of it, we chopped off and made the start of Terry Gross. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, and that's the second longest song on the album. It's about eight minutes, if I remember correctly. It's a... Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, these songs are fucking long. Well, th- but they but... don't they don't seem long, because it's the kind of thing, like, uh, I-, I would characterize it not that you sound like it, but like Jesus songs. Jesus songs are long as hell, but they they establish mood, too. And it's the nutty. and that's kind of, and again, that's kind of the effort of the, the newer record. It's kind of more soundscape-y. Yeah. And so uh, that that one started out that way. And then how does it go? It goes. It uh, yeah. And then it kind of that one kind of stays heavy. Um, I think. I think the which is the there's one where, I think the end of Zealand is end no is end of Zealand. Shit, I'm blanking on the end of the songs. But one of the ends of the song, I think it might be Terry Gross, is just absolutely. There's no way to learn it except for counting constantly. <laughs> and and is, it, is, is that like a, I mean, is, is, is that a concern normally? Like, you know, of, of just like, you, obviously you, it helps when everybody changes at the same time, you know? Uh, <laughs> it's literal notes that we have to hit. Um, like there's no, there's no wiggle room or it just sounds like you're hitting it at the wrong time. Yeah. Which I know because I have. Um, no, it, it's it's one of those where Keith was like, "Let's do this experiment." We did the experiment. It ends up sounding awesome if you stick it, but if you don't stick it, it's a disaster. But if you do stick it, you're counting the whole time. Gotcha. It's just like, um, yeah, that's one of those. That that's probably the most technically demanding track on the record. Well, and arrangement wise, it almost kind of. Not that the sound is exactly the same, it almost kind of seems like it would be something from the first record or something, just from the kind of stuff you were exploring. Yeah, a little bit more, and that's kind of the bridge song. Yeah. If, you know, um, and that's why, you know, that was a song, that the end, the start of that song was the end of a song that we used to play at a bunch of shows, but never got put on record. Like, that was the, supposed to be the first one on the new record, but it sounded, as a whole, too much like the old record, and we were going to toss it, or put it on like a, we were talking to, um, what was that band called? Um, there was a band from Chicago, Space Blood, another like super spazzy kind of hella-ish band. Um, we were talking to them for a while about making a split, but um, then they broke up, and that was that was possibly going to be on the split. And first songs are always kind of weird too, because especially if you're kind of known for one thing on one record and the first song kind of sounds like that. There's always people that like, you know, get 30 seconds in like, Oh yeah, I know what this is going to sound like. You know, they kind of immediately have those preconceived expectations. Yeah. And I mean, there's, I will, this, this is going to be both uh, very populist and very elitist. Um, Can't wait. On one hand, if you're good at something, you might as well do it. On the other hand, why would you rehash something you've already done unless, and this is the populist part, unless people really like it and it happens to make you a living. Yeah. (laughs) In which case, I mean, you know, if if you were lucky enough to, if you were lucky enough to um, make a living, 
playing stuff you really like, you might as well keep doing it. And there's always the there's always the question of like, should I stick to my artistic guns or should I give people what they want? And but this isn't a this, this is not to pretend that that's a question I have to wrestle with at night. <laughs> You know, I have. I think we have a grand total of like 150 followers on Bandcamp or something. Yeah, but I mean, it's also like you're you're operating an idiom where you have to make sure that you're happy. You know, that's true. Yeah, and that that's something that I think people sometimes give short shrift to. Yeah, that's accurate. I mean, sometimes it's the raison d'être too. You know, and, and that's also okay. It's fine. You know, that's not the correct way to do it uh, or not, but. Again, if you if you're in a situation where I can crank out, you know, another record sounds just like the other one, and that's a thing that will, people will want to buy and uh, listen to and whatever. Okay, well, that could be fulfilling for you, maybe, but it's you know, at a certain point, it becomes a little little ridiculous. There's there's examples I could cite. I'm not gonna, but there's no, I mean, we, <laughs> we all, all we I what I will say is that we've all been there, but for most people, it doesn't actually fucking matter. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that's that's the larger point, too, also, is not everybody thinks this hard about this kind of thing. They're just like, hey, that song's good, or, you know, that's cool. That sounds like an ACDC song, you know, right on. <laughs> and, and you know, to their credit, I'm, they seem like they're having a fucking great time. And they also, this this last year, put out their best record in a very, very long time, and it actually is pretty interesting. Even though it's very much like, yeah, it's an ACDC record, you know, like, you know, like, yeah. whatever. On the other hand, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I heard it. I heard the single because it was on my Facebook feed and I, I you know, I, I trust it. Yeah. It, it, it sounds it's like not. what you think. It's, it, there's no ska happening. You know, there's no like wild <laughs> divergent shifts. There's no new metal. <laughs> Yeah, there's no rapper that comes in like the breakdown. <laughs> well, now I'm just disappointed. Yeah, yeah. There's, where's the turntablist? This is bullshit. Uh, so then, uh, public chefs is the is the one after that, which I just for the first five times uh, I listened to the record, I read it as pubic chefs. So you're welcome. <laughs> I don't know why I thought you guys would call somebody pubic chefs, but I was like, oh, public. All right. A different take. Yeah, <laughs> that can be, that can be the B side single version. <laughs> right. That can be the version with vocals. You can put vocals on okay. it and just as long as you write to that theme. Yeah. Anyway, public that, chefs. Public chefs. Don't, don't is, even respond to that. That was terrible. This is a weird. That's kind of the the odd. We had to cut one of the songs from the vinyl. Mm-hmm. Um, just due to time constraints because we are long winded. There's a lot of songs and they're 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 pretty long. Yeah. Very self-important individuals. 22 um, minutes on each side if you want maximum fidelity. And right. so, yeah, I think we came in at like 21.45 on each. And I had that, like the entirety of of the, uh, which of, of choosing songs for each side of the record was me doing math and seeing what would fit <laughs> into what, what spot. And then we speak... And then I was like, you know, okay, Keith, because Keith was only on one in the band at that point. Yeah. I was like, Keith, we can fit six songs. Which one are we taking off? And this is the one that got taken off is Public Chefs. Um, and it's, uh, this was the hardest. The start of this one is kind of, it's almost like we were in a, 
like a gent band or like Dillinger or something. Um, it's a little bit spazzy and it took everyone a long time to learn to play it. I, I'm that riff has existed for years. Um, on for the first record, almost every song started out as a reason file mm-hmm. and with you know, on it's basically all synths, especially the stuff with harmonies, because I was just trying to figure them out work out the musical ideas so you're not starting yeah. a blank canvas. Yeah. And so this was one of those and it turned out to be really fucking hard to play. Um so that that's kind of Public Chef's just another name from Keith's song name list. And uh it was it's kind of the weirdest of all of the songs and it doesn't really fit with any of the other ones. Like all the rest of them kind of fit like this mood this, this theme and it almost like on. fits the album art right it's a little uh okay <laughs> like it's 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 a soundscape into a certain degree i mean not that you're making yeah. soundscape music but for considering uh the criteria of the songs and like the way it all fits together like it's it's part of a larger it, motif it, it feels like a unit yeah yeah um th- this song was not particularly that way um when we gave Tsunami the song and he was like, this, you know, this is the one I want to do. I was like, yeah, do it. Um, and he was like, so public chefs, do you mean Martha Stewart? <laughs> and he was going to put a bunch of Martha Stewart in the video. And I think she might be still hidden in there somewhere, but it was more about like, <laughs> Yeah. It, 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 I think that's more, um, I think it refers more to if you watch the video, we kind of changed it into like thematically, um, you know, the fact that people are famous for cooking on TV is yet yet another way that the the people who own the all the derivatives market in the in the world are keeping us distracted. You know, if right our lives, we would be a lot more angry if we didn't have all this excellent entertainment. It's true. They figured that out a while ago. And it's, uh, They're like the Mandalorian will keep them from burning us. Yeah, exactly. Let's keep, keep them, keep all that outrage directed towards uh, at, you know plot decisions rather than. Uh, yeah, I mean, who are the biggest villains? <laughs> who are the biggest villains in like the last three years? It's like uh, David Benioff and Dee Dee Weiss. Yeah, well, and for good reason. They, like, I mean. Yeah, but you're you're falling for it, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you make if you make that like your thing that you're upset about, it's yeah. I mean, I was I was disappointed, but I was disappointed in such a way that I was like, no, I'm just I'm not gonna rant about this. I'm just I can't believe they. It, it, it's like it's like when you have like a like a sports team that has like an un you know an unbelievable winning streak and they just you know freaking blow it completely when they get into the series and they trade everyone and they you, there's pictures of them at strip clubs the night before yeah and so. i'm like what what do you like yeah it's it's the perfect example of cocaine decisions gone wrong you know it's like all right good job guys well done yeah real <laughs> so the point was what were we talking about? uh what's the next one title track zealand zealand uh so that was, I think that this is another one that came from like previous reason file um, and then turned into, you know, um, 
harmony ballad. It's got there's an end section that's kind of very tool, like kind of loopy. Yeah, it's got that feel. Yeah, like a loopy riff that doesn't have a start or an end, and then it turns into like a pretty ultra heavy kind of palm muty thing, which is. Um, but the middle of that, and I think this is the one that has the crazy end that you have to count. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So this this is the that's this is probably the most most challenging one to to play. Um, and it was the it was the first song that we wrote for this record. There were some. A lot of these we just like kind of got the middle, mm. and put something new in. Um, and this was one of those. There, it used to go in a completely different direction before it, because this is one of the songs that we've written recently that actually resolves, comes back to itself. It actually has a thematic, you know, uh, arc. Beginning, and, middle, and end. You know, previously it was like it was a very. It, it went like beginning of arc, then like you know how when you have a waveform on a pedal and it's the random one, it goes like that. <laughs> <laughs> like that was the whole entire center section of the song and then it finished the arc and we right. were like that's not how it goes <coughs> excuse me so we had to we had to gut that one and change it into something new and I think the results are favorable it's worthy of being a title track do you ever have like a riff that you start off with and you build everything around that riff and then you find at the end hey that doesn't really fit the original riff that uh, uh, kind of came into play if you had that situation yeah and that's actually what happened with terry gross where we plugged in that old riff on the front um we didn't we didn't like the way it started so we were like well we have these other parts we really like and are bummed to throw away from an old song and then we kind of doctored them to fit at the at the start of that one um so yes the answer to that tldr yes because it's still a good riff even though it didn't fit the song right so it's like okay you can use that for something else right on there you go. Yeah, I mean, disposing of a riff and never using it again is kind of like the opposite of all dogs go to heaven. <laughs> the other thing is that, uh, was there any thought with the record title and the song being Zealand? It's also sort of like, okay, it's like the land of zeal, like zeal, enthusiasm. Like, was that ever any thought given to that or no? I don't think so, and I think it was ruined by the fact that I I knew what Zealand was, because it just means sea land. Yeah. In, in Dutch, <laughs> or you know, some other some other pseudo. Are Dutch people aren't Scandinavian, are they? I don't think that counts. As, it's it's like proto Scandinavian. Yeah, the. I, I'm not actually sure, and I'm not trying to be culturally insensitive. I just don't know. Yeah, I feel like that there's. I feel like I got to be real careful what I say. I feel like I'm gonna get messages either way, but I feel like that there's there's a distinction uh, to to be sure. I don't know. I don't know the distinction, and I would like to know. Yeah, write us and tell us. Uh, so, but I mean, I would imagine one of the reasons why they call New Zealand New Zealand is because it's like well, surrounded by the sea. Like it's it's like basically beautiful small place. I don't know. But I, this is, but I'm just sort of. And yet, New Zealand is definitely bigger than where they came from. Which is funny, but if you look at it in, in terms of uh, between that and Australia, New Zealand like the size of California. Uh, 
yeah, it's pretty. I mean, it's pretty big. I don't know the exact like landmass or anything at the off the top of my head. I didn't come prepared. Because Australia is definitely larger than the United States, right? Oh yeah, yeah, I think yeah. It's it's, it's like a, way, 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 way bigger. Yeah, just the outback's bigger than the U.S. I mean, it's 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 a big place. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting. They would be like, oh, sea land, because <laughs> there's water around it. Because we came here by boat. <laughs> Right on. But okay. it's the new one. It's the it's new, new one. one. Yeah, we don't want to not, not to be confused old, with the old, not one. old one. Yeah, exactly. We we, we must not confuse people. <laughs> uh, bas- basilica gel, which is that's the, uh, the the stuff that comes in the little packets, right? The the, the yeah. packing material. So yet another pun from Keith's uh, Keith's notes notes of notes of title. Yeah. Um. And that one, this was just like a jam that we did. And we were like, actually, that's a pretty cool interlude. And it makes a nice bridge from song to song for tuning because yeah. there's like some atmospheric that leads up to it. And then it's just like, I think it's, I think it's like 12 measures total. Like it's not a long song. It's just slow measures. Right. And it's also easy and lets you hear if anything's out of tune and you can fix it real fast. <laughs> um, so it's a functional song as well, then. <laughs> it is a functional song, but it, it actually is a pretty nicely... I, I I felt like it turned into like a pretty cool, just like heavy interlude. And most interludes are not particularly... Like, it's one riff, right? Yeah. One riff for, two, for, for 90 seconds with some atmospheric at the front and the back. And... Sometimes you have a fun riff and you don't want to put anything else with it, which a lot of people do not do. And I, I've always wanted to have a heavy interlude instead of just an atmospheric interlude. So there you go. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. If it's usually when people think interludes, they like, Oh, here's where we do our soundscape thing. You know, like, where's, <laughs> well, we used to play we this drone thing. out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We used to play this thing and you know, it's like the opposite of Sonic U. Yeah. We used to play this thing that was like this weird, super off time. Have you ever heard the band Car Bomb? No, I'm not familiar. So they're like it, like an insanely proggy death metal band. And I think I might be wrong, but I think they're all like jazz guys. Okay. Um, and they're super artsy and incredible musicians. Like fucking, I have not heard a band that tight or or good and apparently they record everything live or some shit like that you know mm. it's just like it's kind of fuck off territory you know um they're just incredible <laughs> sure um but so there's this weird thing that we used to do and you probably no you've definitely heard of it because you took a video it was when we played that show with uh the mass at eli's oh oh yeah 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 um we used to play this thing that was an interlude and it was just it's just one riff four times and then we're done it was probably you probably were like, oh, that's a that's a forty five second song. Yeah, and so and I I kind of we've always enjoyed those little shorties because the shorties are they're just kind of a joke mm. when you compare them with the longies. <laughs> the, 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 the twelve minute uh, epic length. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, I I mean, over here grousing about things that I did, but the the truth is like. <laughs> It gets t- it gets a little tiring when all your songs are over like six seven minutes and it's like require a ton of attention. Sometimes it's fun to, you know, do a fast one. 
Well, and then also when you're thinking about putting together a live set too, you know, if, unless you're doing like live at the Acropolis or something, you're going to have to make some tough decisions about what you can and can't play. Exactly. So if like you're going to play a 12 minute song, you can throw a 45 minute song in there and then it's two songs. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's helpful. And I mean, you know, the thing is we've never, we've all, I, I cannot remember. I think we've played like two shows where we played all our songs off a new record. And I've never been comfortable playing for more than 25 minutes. Um, I'm not the only, I'm not the, I'm probably the only one in the band who's felt that way, but you know, I, I, I've always been um, a proponent of play for 20 to 30 minutes and then you're done. Um, I think the only time we haven't done that was at the last PRF at golden bowl where we were the last ones there and we yeah. had times we played most of the whole new record. Well, cause there's nothing, there's nobody after you. Right. So then, well, and I think it was, I think it was also, we, we did like a pseudo record release. Yeah. And, and, and that's, I think, I don't know if everyone feels the same way, but I kind of feel like there should be some expectation for a record release that it's like, Oh no, this is, there's going to be, you know, maybe a longer set or maybe like a, a song will get played that you're not going to see every or, time or something. Or yeah, or at least play most of the mostly the record. Yeah, that's how I, I I feel like when you're doing a record release, if you and honestly, dude, I mean, let's be real. Most of these are most of these bands that we talk about, who are you know, in like the same level of you know you might tour a couple year, a couple weeks out of the year. We are what qualifies as a hobby band. Um, it's a very passionate, it's a very passionate and heavily involved hobby but that's just kind of it's not you know we're not touring for months out of the year we're not you know it's not really for uh, a purpose other than the people that that we want to hear it you know and and i'm not saying that it diminishes the importance of the bands or the importance of the music because some of the best music that i've ever heard is these size of bands but it's definitely it's kind of, it's definitely people getting art into the world and not necessarily being commercially successful is the, is the way that I would put it. Sure. And I think there's also, but those things can grow into bigger bands. I mean, like, you know, that band elder yeah. was a really small band and now they're playing fucking psycho and stuff. Yeah. And they've blown up and there's a lot of bands that do that. You know, I mean, even shiner from between, when I first saw them uh, when they were playing splay and now they could, I mean, they could, where were they? They're, you know, they're playing, they're still playing the same kind of places that your, your band and my band are playing. Yeah. Which is bottom of the hill. Well, that's where we were going to play with them in uh, July, <laughs> which was like, Oh, right. these, these will be our but makeup COVID dates with Shiner. That's going to be great. You know, Oops, but so, so those, that size of band, which is not considerably larger than your band yeah. or even my band, yeah. my band being the smallest of those bands, those are still similar ranges. Right. And if you're looking at it and you know, if, if you're like nine inch nails or something, like it's sort of like, it's an ant, but it's like from a perspective of gradation, even, like a working or even band. If you're like, or even if you're like job box. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Where they can sell out, where they can the sell metro. out the film. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or the film. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. yeah. <laughs> you know, a band like that is a different size band than even, you know, and meanwhile, I, I think I saw Shiner with Jawbox. Right. 
Um, but in any, you know, so these bands are still inter. You know, meanwhile, I saw, I saw Burning Airlines on their first tour at the Che Cafe. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and, but that's still that's still one of the pe- two of the people from the previous band. Right. And you know, so it's kind of wild to think that there is still, and and I would put, you know, then there's the ones that are out of reach of that, which is basically what like sonic youth i mean what are what are some melvin's uh mud honey you know yeah or you know even like sunny day real estate or something yeah or you know foo fighters first album (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah exactly no but you know um that was a sunny day real estate joke yeah yeah, yeah. um (laughs) um, i you know but it's interesting to kind of think of the question of scale like i had a very uh nick from terra mellows had some question on Twitter the other day, just about like, at what point do you want a label instead of doing everything for yourself? Right. And from my perspective, it's when you have the time and you make enough money off it to make the time worth it. Yeah. Because if you're too small, if I'm too small, like it's incredibly helpful to have Andy at Sell the Heart do our distro and find the PR guy. Because I don't know how to fucking do that shit. <laughs> right, 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 right. And meanwhile, he's in a band that's still in the same scale as other bands on his label in Tsunami Bomb, but they yeah. can play a, a two-month tour if they want. You know? And so, but but it's interesting because my answer to that question was so ambiguous to myself. Like, I couldn't even make up an... I couldn't even have... I couldn't even make up a good answer to that question because the the answer really is at what point it, it's a balance where it's worth paying yourself instead of someone else to do those tasks. Yeah. I, I think. And then once you get, once you get too big, you need to hire other people too. Right. Yeah. Cause for me, I'm thinking about the, in, in terms of when the spinning plate act of, of doing all those things yourselves becomes the point that like plates are dropping and you're the band is being done a disservice because of that meaning that like right orders aren't getting fulfilled because you're out on tour for too long and you know things along those or because lines. you're the, or because you're the only member who does the things well yeah <laughs> if that was my metric <laughs> but yeah like i think that that's very important to but that is common it, it is because especially that in this common where this this the world of DIY, you know, and, and the world that we live in, it's it's like you have to justify these decisions of like, what am I getting out of paying this money to a person to do a thing, and is that going to be any different than if I just did it myself? If I do it myself, will I even do it? You know, there's <laughs> right, and and so from my perspective, that's from my perspective, that's why, like for instance, you want to pay someone probably for PR, yeah, because that shit is hard, yeah, it's Listen, like. You know, uh, I, I talked to John Hasty for a while about, you know, he's got an incredibly exhaustive list. Yeah, the control room of, list, outlets, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of, of, of outlets. And he's like, and he's super generous with his time. You know, John is just a very, very kind individual, super, super willing to share the things he's learned while doing things DIY. But he's also just incredibly fucking motivated. Yeah. And, you know, honestly... I kind of am that motivated, but I can only, I can only get so far with any of these tasks because, um, you know, I, I, I've been the band, I've been band dad for kind of a, a little while, um, for the, you know, the majority of this band's life. And, um, 
And I've also been in other bands where I'm not the band addict. It's way fucking easier. I've, I've, I would love to be in that position someday. That sounds great. <laughs> right? That's what I'm saying. And meanwhile, like, what if, what if my only job, what if my only job was to uh, make videos or do the artwork yeah. and the t-shirts? Yeah. But that's like one quarter of the job. Yeah. And you know, I'm not, I'm not grousing, but it's, but it's, that's, that's really interesting to. I don't even remember what we were talking about before, but um. Well, we were talking about Basilica Gel, and then we start talking about the nature of DIY and when things, uh, when when does it make sense for you to have a label do things rather than do things yourself? Is what, what the original kind of conceit of that thought experiment was. Okay, so what's the next song? <laughs> so it's the last song. It's uh, and he's talked a little bit about it before, but specifically Arnold is the is the last tune. Clocking at twelve minutes and twenty three seconds, according to my uh, page here. Okay, so. The first record was named Enter the Ronald. Right. Which, which, band's, name is, band's name is Roland. I think uh, I even Mar- back announced it as Enter the Roland a couple times before I was like, oh, fuck, it says Ronald. <laughs> yeah. Well, and someone, when we announced the record, one of uh, one of our previous bandmates like was on and was like, oh, my God, you guys misspelled the cover. Yeah. And, it, and we were like, no, no, we did it on purpose. Swear to God. So it's kind of like um, Lars. I have a feeling he was a uh, he was either drinking whiskey or smoking pot. Um, but he he went down. He he put he wrote out on his on his phone notes. We do a lot of work in phone notes. So I've gathered. Yes. He, he wrote yes. Roland and he figured out all the different anagrams, all the different names you can make it. Yeah, and so it was like he wanted to name something. We I think we wanted to name. One of the songs, uh, Large Ladron Collider or something, you know. But so it was like Ladron, Ronald, Roland, Arnold. So specifically Arnold came, um, you know, there is, that was one of the, that was uh, one of the Roland name anagram song names. And it started out, that started out, it's got that big like chunks, harmony, Thing happening at the start for like a few minutes and then then it goes like kind of groovy metal and then at the end there's basically I, I think we call it the we call it the the Don Cab part it's a it's got some Don Cab cabiness to it yeah but we switched it up so it's not just like a triplet thing and then we did that for five minutes and that's the only time in this band that we've ever done that where it's just like, um, I've been in, there's been some other bands where like repetition was kind of the thing and you let things phase into different things. And this was just like, no, we're going to do the same thing for like four or five minutes at the end of the song, because it was, it's, it was, it goes from, (coughs) excuse me, um, ultra clean to big and distorted and then goes into like space version. Yeah. And so it does change, but only dynamically. And it was just, when we were playing it in the in the studio, it was just so satisfying. I, I bet, so that, yeah. It's, it's satisfying could, to listen. I can only imagine. Name, we, could, <laughs> we could call that song, you know, the, the, that's the, like, self-indulgence masterpiece or something like that. Well, and it's, it's, it's kind of like, where do you go after that, too, uh, at the end of it? It's well, good, that's why it's the last song. It's the last song on the record, exactly. <laughs> well, what I wanted to do, we wanted to, uh, we wanted to make, have you ever had a, 
I don't know if you've ever had a record that had a locking groove. Lock groove, yeah, yeah. So it's expensive. Um, when we were having it pressed, they were like, well, the guy who can do that is like three times as much as the other guy who can cut. Oh, wow. Okay. And I was like, oh, so they had to call in a ringer to do a lock groove. <laughs> it's a whole thing. I had and no idea. I wanted it to be like a weird lock, like bling, 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 bling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so, and it would also fucking drive you crazy at the end of the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Baked in. So I, I really wanted to do that, but you know, when we when we get rich and famous, we'll do that again. There you go. There you go. That that's a good rich and famous move, I think. You know, you, you, pay, pay for the ringer to come in and cut your fucking. Right. Uh, <laughs> All right, Roland Zealand. It's a R L N D. If you'd like to buy a vowel, go to hell. Uh, Bandcamp.com probably best place to get that, right? Yes. Is it Bandcamp? Yes, although Friday there is up. a, there is a. If you go to Package Sounds, not Package Sounds, um, Limited Run. Package mm-hmm. Sounds did our vinyl. They did a fan, fantastic job. Limited Run is a website that has a bunch of different, uh, um, like vinyl package op- options for uh-huh. labels. Right. And so on Limited Run, I think if you buy it off the Limited Run website or Bandcamp, you will get a seven inch of a split that sell the heart records did of Topaluna and this guy, Adam Gennady, who does spoken word over like uh, soundscape stuff. Oh, nice. How cool. Yes. So you get a free seven inch if you buy it. And also, I'm not sure if that's still going, but it might be. So you'll find out. Um, and then also one of the things that Andy does, uh, go check out the sell the heart band camp. It's just sell the heart. Uh, it might be sell the heart records. He's got that um, subscription thing, right? He's got yeah. a subscription for all the records that he'll put out in the year. So look at last year's subscription, look at the catalog. If you like the way that he, he kind of does a curation sort of thing. Yeah. He plans, he puts out like six records a year. So every couple months you get a record. I think it ends up being like 12 bucks a record, which is a pretty reasonable. If you like his choices in the past, I, I mean, I'm signing up for it, not because I'm on it, but because because like unconditional arms and um there's so many there's so many good bands on on the label and they're pretty it's pretty small runs so you get a bunch of cool shit that you wouldn't otherwise see in like a record store or anything like that well and it's if you're the kind of person that consumes a lot of new music right then you're uh you'll be stoked because you have all kinds of new stuff to check out well there's also options where you get the whole digital catalog but you get to choose which records you want oh wow which is also yeah that is nice i don't know a little more Uh, anyway, the Zealand, it's a new record. Go get it. Uh, Joe, it's been great having you. It's been a long time since we talked, man. It's been a long time. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like uh, no one's traveling or doing it. <laughs> uh, last question. Uh, it's the only can question I have. Uh, you can choose to interpret it however you like, but why do you do what you do? <clears throat> There's two answers for this. One is... Um, I've, since I was a kid, I've, you know, since my dad put a guitar in my hands and was like, here's how you do a C chord. Um, you know, I've had tunes going on in my head and I, I really like hearing them come to fruition as something more than just a thing I'm tapping on my desk. Um, and being, being on stage, I I will say this, I, I hate recording. Uh, it's, like pulling teeth for me. I, I don't enjoy it. It's a hard process. It's a lot, it's a lot of detail that I really don't enjoy. And so 
finding a new a new engineer who was really helpful in Zach Warren was really incredible. Um, uh, I like band practice, but what I really love is being on stage with some big speakers being super loud and feeling the stage vibrate and ha getting to yell along to lyrics with my friends. It's just a really, it's the, it's the pinnacle of anything that's not an interpersonal relationship. And even that is kind of an interpersonal relationship. It is. <laughs> that's, that's the best example or that's the best answer I have for you. I just, I just really love it. And I also really like guitars. <laughs> and it shows. Uh, <laughs> right on. Joe McClune, thanks so much, man. Thanks for having me, Connor. Take care, brother. Oh, there he goes. Mr. Joe McClune. What a cool guy. So Zealand is the name of the record. R-L-N-D. R-L-N-D. If you're, if you're looking to look it up on uh, your internets for streaming and, uh, you know, things along those lines. Let's listen to uh, one of the songs.
Keith sells, but who's buying? That's off Zealand by Roland. Now R L N D. Is this thing on? I found that very informative. I was I was legitimately curious about the the rebrand and uh, thought that was interesting. Can you hear me? Yes. Now? Yes. Yes. Indeed. So if you're looking for Roland, rlnd.bandcamp.com. Also available on Spotify, iTunes Music, all that other, all that other stuff. Is this thing on? You can also uh, find out more. The record label. Sell the heart records. Thank Joe for being on the show. It's a good dude. He's been my leader. Come to the close of our broadcast. It's a good show. <laughs> She's still doing it. Miss that guy. I see his band play too. This is my farewell transmission. Name of the show is Conan Neutron's Protonic Reversal. Thank you very much for listening to it. Signing off, Mr. and Mrs. America, and all the ships at sea. The show airs on Radio No. Anyone within the sound of my voice. Usually Thursdays, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific. Nope.com, say yes to no. I've got protonicreversal.com for the archives. 50,000 watts of power. Patreon.com slash protonicreversal to get episodes sooner. Dollar a month will get you there. Oh, yeah. Feel free to subscribe to the this show. microphone turns sound into electricity. And thanks, folks, for sharing the show around. It's always appreciated. Can you hear me now? Out on Route 128? Stay safe. Dark and lonely. I got my radio on. Can you hear me now?
Welcome to my top ten. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. broadcasting if there's no one there to receive Radio. 